You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hi, I'm Pastor Michael Faulkner, pastor for Outreach here at Victory Church. It's my wonderful honor to be with you, to share these words of encouragement with you today. God has been so good to my family and I since we've come to be part of this Victory Church family. Pastor Ed, my pastor, my friend, met over a year ago and God began to knit our hearts together. And now I've been able to join this wonderful family, this wonderful leadership team as pastor for outreach. We have, as a people, gone through what no other generation like ours has gone through. And it has caused more people to search for God, to question God does, not only does God exist, but where can I find him? Where can I meet him? Barna said this. He says, Americans are starting to read the Bible and listen to Bible teaching and Christian sermons online, even though they didn't usually. The online searches for Bible prophecy and God's end time predictions are at an all time high. In short, people are seeking God more than ever. And while this is a very good thing and very encouraging, it's also troubling because many of those people, and perhaps you're one of them, that are searching for God will get stuck with religion. That's right, stuck with religion. You know, getting stuck with religion is like someone inviting you over to their home for dinner and you get to the house, you look through the window, you can smell the, 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 the wonderful ambiance, you look through the window and see the dinner on the table, but you don't knock, you don't ring, you don't go in because you think, oh, I'm not worthy. Or uh, maybe you go in and you eat the meal. And, and you say, the, the guest says, the host says, hey, can you come back next week and, and, uh, or, or tomorrow and, and do this? We can do this again. And you say, no, I really can't because I don't have anything to bring. I can't pay you for the meal. And the guest, the, the host is outraged. What do you mean you can't pay me for the meal? Any of those expressions, that person is stuck in religion. And that's the way many people view Religion. You see, religion is man's attempt to reach God based on his own merit. It's a transactional relationship. Quid pro quo, as it were. God, I'll do this, then you'll bless me. God, if I'm like this, then you'll love me more. God wants nothing to do with that kind of relationship, but he allows it to serve as an on-ramp for salvation. Keep listening. God is moving right now. It's important for us to understand that this is a common pattern among human beings as we discover who God is. The passage that we're going to look at today, we see 10 men that had leprosy. They had some real serious issues and they meet Jesus along the roadside. He heals them 
And although all ten were healed, only one gets saved. Nine got stuck on religion. Where are you today? Where are you in your journey and discovery with God? It's important for us to understand that God wants us to be free. God wants us to have an intimate, personal encounter with him. Not just a religious exchange that's based on your performance or lack thereof and his discovery of those things as if he didn't know already. That's not the relationship that God wants to have. Look with me, if you will, at this passage of scripture. We'll see three things that God wants us to understand. First, God uses our issues as an introduction to who he is. And then through the introduction, he will bring in the revelation of who Jesus is, the Savior, his plan of salvation. And if we would allow that plan to, to take root in our heart, salvation is imminent. Look with me at Luke chapter 17, verse, 9, verse 11 through 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into the village. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back and praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Wow, your faith has made you well. What we need to understand about that statement is that is the declaration, not that he conjured up his own faith, but he accepted Jesus's offer. He worshiped Jesus. And because he was willing to worship Jesus, his faith was ignited and he was saved. The other nine were healed of leprosy, but they had no intimate personal encounter with God. During these times right now, people are searching and need to search beyond religion because religion is a trap. It will not satisfy the deepest human needs that we have. And God knows it. First, the introduction. Look at how God has introduced himself throughout history. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God tells the people of Israel, he said, I led you through the desert for these 40 years so that to test what was in your heart. Now, it's not God saying I was trying to test you, but he wanted them to see how much they needed an intimate, personal relationship with him. These 10 men had some serious issues and these issues that they had 
were, leprosy was just one of them. I mean, they were social outcasts. They were disassociated from their family. They were separated from the people that they loved. They had some serious issues. And that those serious issues brought them to a place of desperation, like it does for all of us. God will use those opportunities to bring us into a conversation about who he is. When we need God's miracles, God doesn't play hide and seek, but when we need God's miracles, it opens up the door and the conversation about who he is. God understands what we need. In fact, Jesus, during his earthly ministry, was preaching and teaching throughout all of the towns of Judah and Jerusalem and Israel. And in one place in Mark, I'm sorry, in uh, Matthew chapter 9, we read these words, that Jesus went through all the towns and villages and teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. I think that's one of the saddest expressions in all of scripture, like sheep, not having a shepherd. A sheep without a shepherd was wolf food. A sheep without a shepherd cannot take care of itself. It cannot uh, 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 feed itself. It cannot do anything by itself or for itself. It must have a shepherd's care in order for it to survive. And Jesus said, these that he was healing and touching and loving on were like sheep without a shepherd. There are so many people, and maybe you're watching today, and you are a shepherdless sheep. Jesus is beckoning you. Continue to listen. So when the conversation, when the introduction happens and we believe God, then it, it, it's time to move from, from that introduction into the revelation of understanding who Jesus is. You see, religion will show us how much we need God. The Ten Commandments are a great example. The Ten Commandments were given to show and demonstrate the holiness of God. But it, as the law, it has no capacity to tell us how we are to be united with God. It says what God is like, what his standards are, and, and not what our behavior should be. Yes, are, they are commandments for us to follow. But if we look at them closely, we'll understand we can't keep them. And God wants us to understand you can't keep the commandments without me. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to eradicate the law. I came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to be our righteousness. But until we understand the question, we can't really understand the answer. Jesus is the answer. The question is, are you asking the right question? You see, that relationship of creating a, a fellowship, my, my own journey uh, began very much this way as, as I was a, a, a young man in high school and I went to a retreat, a Christian retreat, and, and had a, uh, I went to a Catholic high school, 
had an experience and came to believe that Jesus was real. I was 17 years old. And, and it was so profound that I, I said, wow, I want to change my life. I want this to happen. I want to be with God. And so I started trying to be a good Christian for about six months. I tried. I went to church. I did the things. I, I talked to priests. I, I did all of those things. But there was nothing to connect me personally with God. And so after six months, I fell away. And I was seven times worse than I was before. It wasn't for another four years until I would come to discover the personal and intimate relationship that God wanted me to have. Jesus and God tests the heart so that we can see what we need. And as we see what we need, we cry out to God and we are saved very much like this man that had leprosy. Although he was healed of leprosy, but he needed something more. And he discovered it when he turned back and began to praise and worship God. Jesus was on the, the, the coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he discovers a, 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 a crowd around his disciples and they were arguing with him. And he, he, he asked, what, what are you arguing about? And he, they, they told him that this young boy had a demon and they couldn't, his disciples couldn't drive him out. And so the, the man, the boy's father, expecting Jesus to act instantly and begin to drive out this demon, uh, Jesus talks to the man. He says, well, how long has he been like this? What? Jesus, you want a medical history? He's been like this since he was a boy. It throws him into the fire to kill him and destroy him. And Jesus, the man, please, have pity on us if you can do anything. And Jesus looks at the man and says, if I can do anything, he said, all things are possible for those who believe. Wow. The man instantly, immediately responds, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. That was it. Lord, I believe. Please help my doubt. Lord, I have faith, but I don't think I have enough. Mixed in with my faith, there's a little fear. That's all God needs is for us to understand we can't do it by ourselves. And as he said that, Jesus then cast the demon out. Why did he wait? Because the most important thing wasn't just that the demon be cast out of his son, but that the father have faith. One of the most important things in your life is not just that you get healed from whatever sickness or malady or social dysfunction you have, but God wants to heal that relationship with you. He wants you to have salvation, not to be another religious zealot, but to be an intimate acquaintance, a family member of his. That's God's desire for you. For me, when I discovered that, life changed and everything got better. It was amazing what God would do because religion, you see, creates pride and, and a separation between God and myself. If I have a religious affair, all I'm doing is simply saying, well, God, I deserve this, so you're going to give it to me, right? You see, and, and, and or religion says, I'm not good enough, just like standing on the porch and saying, I, I can't go in. I, I'm stuck on religion. Religion separates and divides 
God wants a relationship that heals. The Apostle Paul, one of the great teachers of Scripture, said these words in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 25. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind, am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful nature, I'm a slave to the law of sin. You see. We can't do it on our own. We need God's power. It's not just about you making a decision and saying, okay, now I'm going to stop drugging or stop drinking. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to stop doing this, stop kicking my dog. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to pay all my taxes. I'm going to do all of those things. God, will you love me? God says, yes, absolutely, I will love you. But guess what? Even if you don't do those things, God will still love you. He loves you so much. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. And it's not based on your qualifications. He did all the work. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that anyone could boast. Imagine that you could do something to bring about a change and bring this relationship into being. You would be proud and boastful, arrogant even. Yeah, well, God, you know, I brought something to the table. God, you you supposed to bless me. I, I'm supposed to be blessed, God, because I'm a good person, because I did this. Hello. Give me a break. Nobody's good enough for God. That's why religion is such a destructive force. And God wants us to be unstuck from religion. He wants us to have an intimate encounter with him. You see, our proper response to God's revelation of Jesus Christ, of who he is. Jesus did not come and die on the cross to be a religious icon. He didn't come to start a religion. He came to start a revolution. That sinners would no longer be bound to sin, but we would be free to worship God. You see, you have to remember that God is much more than we can see in religion. So I, I, I'm a big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. I'm old. But, but I remember when it was on, and, and one of my favorite episodes was when Kramer uh, got burned by a, a hot cup of coffee. And he sues the coffee company and or the, 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 the restaurant and they decide to settle with him. Oh, it's, it's an amazing story. It's funny. Right. And so uh, he, his lawyer tells him, look, they're going to settle with you. They're going to uh, they're going to fix you up, take care of everything. So at this settlement meeting, don't say anything. I'll handle everything. Wait until you hear all that they're going to offer before we give them our response. Kramer says, OK, I got it. So they get to the to the settlement meeting and the lawyer says, well, Mr. Kramer, we're sorry for all this happened to you. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to we're going to give you a year's 
supply of free coffee. Kramer stands up and says, oh, thank you very much. That's great. What a great deal. His lawyer is appalled. He's like, what are you talking about? What are you doing, Kramer? He settled for free coffee, which he didn't need, and they were going to offer a six-figure settlement. Friends, God is so much more than religion. God is so much more than can I keep the rules. God wants to bring us into a relationship where he can designate us as holy. That's God's plan. If you will follow it, just like this young, this, this leper that was defined by his physical malady, that was defined by his disease, he came back. Now, he was a Samaritan. He was outside of the religious uh, uh, establishment. He pushed past religion. He pushed past the racism. He pushed past all of those dysfunction and worshiped at the feet of Jesus. What did that do? That broke the chains that binded him. From, for, he was already healed from leprosy, but now he had freedom to worship God in spirit and in truth. Romans chapter 12, Paul tells us, therefore, uh, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can prove what God's good, pleasing and perfect will is. God wants us to be in a relationship with him and it cannot happen unless we can worship him. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The Bible tells us that those are the kinds of worshipers that God is seeking. And it can only be brought about if we have a GQ. GQ, gratitude quotient. What's your GQ? How grateful are you that God has given you another breath of life? You may be saying, oh, Pastor Michael, you, you, you don't understand. My life has been destroyed through this COVID thing. I lost my job. I lost my family. I lost this. I lost that. But really, the worst thing that is going on in your life right now is you're separated from God. God wants you to be united with him. God wants us all to be united with him. He wants us to come together. When I worship God, I don't have any problems. It's not that the problems go away, but they don't matter. When I worship God in spirit and truth, they don't matter because I understand that my God, my heavenly father has overcome these things. And my attitude of gratitude will bring healing in my life. I want to close with this passage of scripture found in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your heart or from your heart 
to the Lord and always giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ. The attitude of gratitude will lift us and will develop the altitude that we need. Being thankful to God will enable us to worship. Jesus Christ has revealed himself to us. Receive him as Savior. Receiving Jesus is as simple as is saying, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I have some faith, but mixed in with my faith is some fear. I believe that you are God's son and that you died to demonstrate your love and to provide for my salvation. Would you come into my life, change my life, and make me the person you want me to be. If you will pray a prayer like that, that's not religion. Now you're free. You, you have cut the shackles of religion. You say, well, well, I'm Jewish, or I'm Muslim, or I'm this, or I'm that. Those are just words. Are you a worshiper? Because that's what God wants. If you've made that decision, or if you take that step, here's what I need you to do very quickly. One, join one of our life groups, especially if you have questions. We need you to understand. We have a life group called Alpha that is just made for your questions. We want to help you. We want you to know who we are. We want to answer your questions. This is not about brainwashing or convincing you of anything, but rather answering your questions. If you're lonely, and isolated, join a life group. Everything's online. We have life groups. We have over 44 different life groups and options for you to join. Please join in. Become part of this family. We love you. Finally, text the word decision to the number that's here on your screen. If you will text decision to that number, we will contact you and we can help you by sending you biblical literature and other things to help you get started. We don't want you to be stuck on religion anymore. We want you to begin enjoying this relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for all that you do for us, in us, and through us to bring salvation to all. Bless all those who have made decisions today and their friends and family. In Jesus' name, amen. Finally, listen, send it to a friend, listen again. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.